Hey, how y'all doing? My name is Deontay Garrett, also known as Big Sir. Here on behalf of another Chance Foundation, we want to be the voice for the community and the prisoner. We seek to stay up to date with information and share with those behind bars and the loved ones who care for them. Another Chance aims to be the bridge that keeps both parties unified. We must never neglect the prisoners of our country or forget to encourage the families in our communities that are impacted by the removal of said loved ones from their free world. We will do our absolute best to keep you all informed, and more than anything, and we all stay in prayer that this too shall pass. And with that being said, um, let us open up with a word of prayer. Uh, first of all, um, I just want to pray for Nicole. She's been our guest a few times. Um, word is she um, has contracted the coronavirus um, where she's staying, and we just definitely want to be in prayer for her health. Um, and everything that she's going through during the midst of this and her family as well. So, Father God, I just want to lift up Nicole to you right now. Once again, we know that you're in control, and I'm praying for a miraculous healing over her life, Father God. I mean, if you choose not to do that, Father God, that you just be with her during the midst of this time and give her a peace of mind, Lord. We thank you so much for your guidance, um, for your love, Father God, for us all and how you lead us in the right direction. Uh, Father God, I just pray that we listen to you during the midst of this and that we grow towards you in the midst of this, Father God. May we always bring your word um, as we, we struggle, may struggle during this time. Father God, help us and keep us motivated to do positive things and to focus on growth. Um, thank you so much for this time we get. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for all those of us who have gotten another chance in this world that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, guys, I'm a... Uh, Excited tonight, uh, Mr. Fred Moses is supposed to be on with us tonight and just share more about the laws of God and, and how that can help us progress and transition um, into life. So super excited about him coming on tonight. Um, update on what's what's going on with me. Uh, some of you guys know this. I'm actually a program director, um, and I, I work with men coming out of the juvenile justice system. So God's kind of stepping down, trying to get ready for the free world. Um, so I work with an organization called Timothy Hill, um, and so uh, our program itself is called Work Sharp, um, and where we take young men, 17 to 25, um, and just try to get them ready for life, uh, teach them teach them how to work, teach them what work ethic is, um, but also work on their spiritual man. Um, we want them to be good fathers, great workers, but also men of God. Um, and so, man, it's, it's, it's a tough work at times because of the population that we deal with, but it's definitely rewarding. Um, there are so many um, great stories that come out of it. Um, and just, just to share one right now, um, since, as we wait on Mr. Mosley, um, uh, we have a guy uh, right now came down from New York. Um, my location is based in Tennessee. I mean, this guy up in New York was struggling a lot. Uh, actually ended up going back to jail twice um, from our program. I mean, it didn't, didn't work out for him. Um, so that guy took a trip down to New York around October of last year, um, down to Tennessee, Around October last year, and I was here. I had just moved down here, and we were doing like uh, pilot programs, just trying to get my program started here. And, and so we would bring our New York guys down for a few weeks. Um, so he came down, and, and man, rocked it. Um, we talked about him coming and and being a part of the Tennessee family, and he chose to make that a reality. Um, and so he came down, and, and and things went well for him here. Um, and now this guy is working for a construction team, getting ready to get a full-time job there, um, and, and, and <laughs> fell in love, and now he's talking about getting married. And, and, and this is a guy that told me, he said, you know, I never thought that I would live past the next day. So he would live for that day 
never knowing, you know, what what would happen during the day. He said, now y'all got me plenty. Y'all got me setting goals. I'm thinking about buying a house, marriage, kids. Um, and so that transformation that happened in his life has happened in the lives of so many guys. But but I'll tell you the struggle of, of ministry and working with people. The biggest struggle um, that many of us face is the fact that we can we can help mold these young men and women um, and teach them and give them the tools they need to be successful. But what happens is they go back to their environment. And once they go back to the place where they grew up, around the people that they grew up with, a lot of times they end up falling back into the same routine, back into the same cycle. You cannot break that cycle, right? You can't break that habit unless you break that cycle. You go back to that environment, you're going to fall right back into those same habits, and you'll get right back into that same cycle. But once we removed um, that guy from New York and from around his people and the people he knew and the resources he had there and brought him to Tennessee, he was in a different environment, right? He was able to thrive on, on other things, on other skills. He's a very skilled individual. But that didn't stand out in New York because he had so much negativity around him that he kept going to that route. But here, he focused on the skills that he had and always put him in positions to be successful. So he focused more on that. Um, and so the, the environment that we're placed in is so, so important. Um, and, and, and the struggle is a lot of those guys and girls end up going right back end up going right back to, to what they know, um, to where they're from, et cetera. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely um, challenging uh, a lot more than that. So let me, before I keep talking, let me make sure Mr. Fred hopping on with us tonight or not. I'm pretty sure we got him down for Wednesday, but. I'm I'm be honest with you guys. I'm not even sure what day it is. I've been so busy, man, trying to get this program started. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Uh, my schedule says free. It's hopping on. So let me reach out to Miss Anita. I'm sure he'll hop on. He he usually I think me and him usually get on on Wednesdays and on Wednesdays I'm a part of a Bible study so I end up um so I usually end up pushing it back an hour so I could have that time with them. Um so we usually will end up getting on at nine central, which that may be what he's thinking. Um so hopefully here in a sec he'll hop on but but just to kinda I'll just tell you a couple more stories about this program and guys. Um, it's fine. He, he should hop on here in a second, I imagine. Um, I'll just tell you about this story. Um, there was a kid about 15, 16 years old. Um, he was, he had just got to a fight or getting ready to fight. He was super angry. Um, and so those are usually some of the breakthrough moments for those of you who work with residential. You know what I'm talking about when, when they're upset, when they're angry, but you have that really good relationship with them. 
of it. So I put him to the side of the house and we were talking. Um, and I asked him about his family. Um, and he said that um, he didn't have a family. Actually, he said the only family he had was his sister, um, his baby sister. He said um, his mom told him when, when he came to us that she didn't love him. Um, his father was never there. He said, in fact, my true family is my gang. He said, my, the dude who brought me into the game died in my arms. Um, and so when I, when I look at him and I see that uh, what he presumes as family is his game, um, it makes me sad. Um, it makes me sad for the church. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's because we, we have allowed uh, fraternities and sororities and, and gangs at sometimes to paint a better picture of family than us. And, 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 and I know that's so blunt. You might say, man, you come across way too strong on a church. But here's what I'll tell you. I've been in churches where I come in and I felt judged. I haven't had people speak to me. It didn't feel like family. And so those churches I never went back to. Um, and, 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 and we got to understand that when someone comes into your church, these buildings that we glorify so much that so many of us are going crazy now because the building is shut down. When someone comes into your church, it's so important, so important that you just love on them over and beyond. I don't care if they look rich. I don't care if they look poor. I don't care if they smell bad. You be family to them, period, right? Because that person is going to leave that church, and he's going to, she's going to go tell somebody their experience. And if they say, man, that church over there was amazing, and everybody came up to me, they were talking to me, they were family, I'm going back, you want to come with me? Are they going to say, man, that was terrible. You know, nobody spoke to me. I, I heard that they were a very friendly church. Nobody was friendly to me. I really don't know, have an explanation for why it happened or what happened or whatever, but I'll never go back there. What they're talking to will likely never come inside that church building. So we got to understand uh, we have a, a duty, an obligation to, to be a family. Um, and so it, it's very important that we do that. Um, and so... Uh, I just want to drop that little nugget of knowledge to y'all because um, it's, it's, it's extremely important. Trying to make sure uh, before we end this call tonight, if see if Mr. Fred is going to hop on with us or if we're going to reschedule. I'm sorry uh, for the inconvenience for sure. I know here in, in Tennessee, um, man, there are about 700-something inmates that had the coronavirus. Uh, and in one jail, um, let me put that in there, it's insane. And what's crazy is, like I said, man, this is something that we we, we knew. And not to be uh, disrespectful or rude or whatever, but, I, I mean, we knew that this was a possibility. And the fact that we knew that um, and still allowed that to happen is very disappointing, very disappointing um, for the leadership of the prisons, for um, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, for uh, anybody.
somebody that had a say in keeping those people just sitting in there with no true protection, no true um, equipment to to help them. So. One second, I apologize, Mr. Neil So, so what happened is, uh, Mr. Fred didn't didn't know that he was going to be on tonight, uh, so he may not be available at this time, which is fine. Uh, we, we'll reschedule it and and get him on. I know you guys love to hear him. I love to hear him for sure. Uh, he's a great, great um, guy with a lot of wisdom. So. I'll end the call tonight with a word of prayer, um, and, and I thank you all for listening. Father God, so grateful for you. I'm grateful for this time. Um, I pray that Nicole is fine, um, and just my heart is heavy for her. Um, just knowing how um, positive she was, I know even in the midst of this, she's remaining positive. So I'm I'm, I'm still I'm grateful for her spirit. Um, I thank you for this time I've got to spend with these people. And for anyone who listens, Lord, bless them. Bless their life, Father God. Bring them growth and prosperity. But most of all, bring them you. Um, and we love you and we thank you for your guidance in our life. And may we continue to live in a way that is worthy of your gospel and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed.